I guess Mike still must be working Charlie Tunnel for the plutonium. I've got to keep mining this Wittgensteinium. I guess it's a fair division of labour. Hello everybody, Mike here. Um, I'm, uh, I'm taking a little bit of a, a break down on the south coast of Great Britain in a, a seaside town called Brighton, which is all very hip and happening and down with the kids. Uh, and uh, as is my wont, wandering you know, past the beaches and the various kind of cafes and bars and so on, a number of philosophical issues um, have come to mind to uh, help spoil the entire experience for me. So, um, we've been talking a little about, about theatre and about performance. Um, and um, we're talking a lot about masks and whether masks are, are disingenuous or whether masks are really what we are. Uh, and as, uh, as those of you who've been keeping up with the podcast might remember, I'm actually quite predisposed to the idea of the, of, of the mask not being uh, a negative thing, not being something that is duplicitous, but it's just something that we are. We adopt various masks um, to present ourselves to the world. Uh, and the Greek uh, philosophers and uh, playwrights referred to the, uh, the term prosopon, which we've mentioned, which literally means face or mask. And the prosopon was the mask that we, the Greek uh, performers would put on to, to manifest a particular character on stage. And they would change the masks depending on their, their, uh, their emotions and depending on what they were trying to convey to the audience. And that seems to me to be a fairly, a fairly groovy thing that we do anyway. Um, now, the idea of the prosopon was something that, that, that uh, uh, carried over particularly into, into Christian uh, theology and philosophy. Um, as, as the Christian Church was trying to get a sense of and trying to understand uh, its own mythology, uh, particularly with respect to the person of Jesus. And there was lots of debate, which we shan't go into now, um, about the character and person of uh, the man Jesus, uh, um, whether or not Jesus was supposed to be entirely human or entirely divine, whether he was supposed to be a god pretending to be a human being, so god in essence, um, but wearing a prosopon of humanity, wearing the mask of humanity, um, whether he was a human being that, that, that somehow was possessed of divinity. Um, and the essence uh, of, of character, if you like, uh, in these conversations um, was related to a word, the word hypostasis, um, and they talked about uh, the hypostatic union, whether or not the man Jesus had a union of two different essences, a divine and a human. Um, all very complicated, uh, uh, and uh, you know, lots of uh, lots of you know, um, uh, nasty and un irreligious uh, battles that went on over those sorts of, of uh, that sort of kind of theological minutiae that we can know very little about and can very, you know, you can't really verify. But anyway, um, this was something that was considered to be very important to a lot of people. Uh, and um, it got me thinking about um, whether or not we do have a, a hypothesis, um, whether there is some kind of, of ideal, some sort of, you know, concrete uh, identity 
that we are um, and whether the prosopon, the various masks that we put on over the top of that mask that in some way uh, in a in a um, in a shadowy way whether we're trying to hide something whether we're trying to kind of um, create an alternate version of ourselves or whether there is no hypostasis whether there is no core identity and everything um, is mask everything is appearance um, and walking through the streets of uh, walking through the streets of Brighton it's rather interesting because, of course, um, you go into a lot of places, and during the, these pan, we are still very much uh, in in the pandemic era here in in uh, in uh, 2021. Uh, a lot of people are wearing face masks, which cover up a significant proportion of their face. Um, so I would go into a, into a cafe or a bar or somewhere like that, and what am I engaging with when I see somebody in front of me? Um, how do I establish their personality? Am I dealing with an authentic human being? Um, is there any point of recognition? I can't see mouths moving. Uh, I can't see kind of facial expression in the same way as I used to. Now, with people I know on my own ground, on my own turf, as it were, um, I have a background of information. I can see people that I see regularly, even if they've got their faces covered up. It's kind of, well, I kind of know you. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you, I mean, you know this yourselves. I mean, you, I, I imagine that, you know, if you're having a phone call with somebody and you're hearing their voice and you say something and you think to yourself, I can, I can see in my mind's eye, and given the tone of voice, I can almost see you rolling your eyes at me. Uh, even though I can't actually see it, I know you well enough. I know the context of the kind of conversation we're having. Um, I know your tone of, of, of voice and all that kind of stuff. And so I can almost create, I can almost, you know, manifest that 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 that, that mask and imagine you wearing that. Um, and that kind of that kind of extrapolation from what you already know of somebody's performance um, carries you a long way to helping to identify them. Um, and those identifying marks, sometimes you just you just assume them. They become tacit because of, of the relationship you have. But if you're engaging with people who you don't know, who you've never met. Um, I was chatting to somebody in a restaurant last night, um, and I didn't know them. They had their, their, their face mostly covered up. Uh, and it was, a real it was an interesting experience. I had nothing to draw on. And it did make me think, who am I engaging with here? Um, am I talking to a real human being? Am I literally talking to, to a, a performance mask um, that has been created for the benefit of uh, the relationship we have established here? That you know, that person was a waiter or uh, waitress. Uh, I am the person who was kind of you know, buying the food. Uh, do you have a mask that you wear, an actual literal mask that you wear um, for that particular function? I suspect it's probably true. Um, so I thought that was quite fascinating, and and the more people I see with masks in the street, the more it just made me wonder who, who am I dealing with, face to face in the real world, um, particularly people you've not had chance to to, to, to build up a relationship with. Um, is it a kind of Turing test kind of thing that you know essentially we're just engaging with people behind the curtain all the time? Um, and we're never really sure what's behind the curtain. It could be a human being, it could be somebody we like, it could be somebody we might care for, but we've, we never know. Um, and so there's a kind of an artificiality there. Um, 
I mean, I uh, am, am notorious uh, in, in my circles for, for the, I think, not um, uh, uncivilised view uh, that travel narrows the mind. Uh, and I'm not a big fan of, of physical travel. The whole process just makes me grumpy. Uh, just, you know, the whole business of, of gathering all your goods and chattels together uh, in a limited space and then lugging them from one part of the world to the next. Uh, and the whole process of, 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 of transportation just kind of gets me down. Once I arrived somewhere, that's great. And I like to be places. It's like getting uh, to places. And I've often said that, that for me, and I know it sounds a little bit twee, um, for me, the journeys I enjoy most are the journeys into other people. The exploration of other people, just sitting around, chatting to other people, you know, hearing their points of view, hearing the terms of phrase they use, um, their body language, the way they dress, the tones of voice, all those sorts of things. They are an exploration. Uh, and I enjoy that exploration into the other, um, as Levinas might put it. Exploration to the other really is, is, is very meaningful and very important to me. Um, but I just wonder just how much of that we are losing um, because of the of, of the blank masks we're putting on. Because of course, when we when we're, we're wearing when we used to wear on our own masks, uh, and what I mean there is not an actual literal mask, but the the, the the facial expressions we put on, the kind of clothes we're wearing, and the kind of uh, uh, utterances we, we we enact, all of that represents a prosopon, kind of a mask we put on for our particular audience. Um, and the fun in that is to be able to interpret that mask uh, and to be able to engage with that and to some extent alter that mask um, as people engage with you. Um, both sets of prosopon, I think, change. Our own masks vary and change and the other person's. And then we might create masks over the years which are specific to our relationship with a particular person, which I think is rather lovely. Phew! Mining the Tractatus is firstly work. Wish I could grab a beer, but there's no time for that. I wonder how Mike is doing. Um, but we are wearing a lot of blank masks at the moment. In the street, we're wearing blank masks. Uh, there are a lot of I, I engage with a lot of students on, on things like Teams and Zoom, where people have their cameras turned off, and all you see is an initial across the screen. Uh, and in the real world, um, that would freak me out if you think about it. Just having somebody kind of wandering up to you with a paper bag over their head with their initials written across the front um, really does, uh, I think, compromise our, our mask reading abilities and the ability to engage. Um, with a variety of masks that are presented to us, it's just that kind of blank anonymity. Uh, I find that very hard to uh, very hard to, to 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 get my head around, and so I think we have to work a lot harder under current circumstances um, to to create masks that people can engage with, rather than those kind of anonymous kind of blank faces, um, which make it very difficult for people to engage with you. So I find that I found that that fascinating. So now, now when I see people in the streets of of, of Brighton. Um, yeah, I, I've got that going in on my head. Rather than just enjoying being here on holiday, I'm thinking, who am I dealing with here? Am I really just dealing with a whole host of an autonomer, um, as far as I'm, I'm concerned, or am I dealing with actual human beings? So that was, that was the thing. And that got me thinking also uh, about um, how that engages with, with uh, current kind of theatre theory and performance theory. Um, 
Uh, and one of the, the, the terms I've been reading up on of, of late, something that kind of fascinates me for a number of reasons, um, is the whole notion of the instance. Um, a lot of, of, of theatre theorists talk about our performance as being an instance of a particular work. Um, so, for example, you'll have the play, Macbeth or Hamlet or whatever it is you're, you're talking about, or a particular t uh, novel or text or whatever, um, or even a painting. Uh, and that, in a sense, is the hy hypostasis, the hypostasis, the kind of the, the urtext, the original source, if you want. Um, but each, each uh, uh, enactment of that, each performance of that is an instance of it. Um, and never again to be repeated instance um, in the sense that that performance uh, that manifestation will never happen again um, you'll go and you'll see a play uh, and that will be an instance of the if you like the er text the the original text the, the grounding text uh, if you like and that instance even though that play will be performed again and again and again that instance will never be repeated because it is an instant um, in time and it is dependent on um, environmental variables like the building it was performed in, the, the, you know, the, the ambient temperature of the room, who was sat next to you on either side and behind you and in front of you, um, how the performers were feeling on that day, whether the performers were delivering their lines in different ways. Um, the whole host of different what, reasons why an instance will vary from one instance to the next. And it, um, those of you who are familiar with, with, um, with um, online uh, role-playing games, for example, things like um, um, World of Warcraft, which I, 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 I indulge in, um, will be familiar with the term because uh, each of the uh, each of the kind of the, the dungeon, if you like, the kind of the, the dungeon exploration experiences um, that World of Warcraft offers you um, is is that the, there's an uh, an uh, primary experience. So there's a particular dungeon, perhaps a particular castle, which needs to be raided with a five person raiding team. Um, uh, uh, and you'll go into that, um, and the layout of the castle and all the encounters will be exactly the same for everybody. Um, but each group that goes in creates a different instance, and, and people who, 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 who play the game will refer to instances. Um, this is an instance of my raid on this particular castle. And it will depend on the makeup of the characters, uh, of the individuals playing, on how people are feeding on the day, on your, the bandwidth of your connections, a whole bunch of stuff. And that instance will be your unique instance, which will never be repeated for you again or for anybody else. Everybody who goes through the portal into that castle will have their own unique experience of it. Um, so if I went into the castle... Um, uh, I wouldn't see the remnants of the previous party. It would reset, um, and it would be another completely new instance, which means you can go in and you can have uh, a, a new experience every time you go in, and it will, it will differ depending on you know, what particular character you're playing and how you particularly approach the, uh, uh, the whole experience. Um, and that, kind of, that, that, again, reminded me of how, how unique our engagement with each other and how unique our engagement with the world is. Um, everything we do is an instance uh, which will never be repeated. Um, and I am not sure, and this is where I deviate from this, I'm not sure or convinced um, that it's an instance of some kind of primary uh, primary experience, some kind of primary existence. Uh, increasingly, um, I, over the years, I've moved away from the idea of, of, a, um, of a primary existence. 
Um, that, that's not to say that you know you 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 do you man. You, you if you want to indulge in that, that's fine. Um, clearly there is that kind of platonic route that you could take, and that kind of route that kind of goes through. Uh, religions like Christianity, where there is a soul, there is an absolute kind of essence which helps to determine who you are, for good or ill, uh, and you're, the masks you wear, the prosopon you wear, perhaps are, are just varying interpretations of that, or attempts to cover that up if you're not all that keen on it. Um, so there is a very strong body of opinion which argues that there is a primary you. Uh, and we find this in romantic literature particularly, you know, finding the one, the one is out there, the one person that is right for me, that has been you know, either created for me or engineered for me or put on this earth by God for me. Um, and that one person has all the kind of characteristics that, that, that I require in a, in a, in a, in a partner, for instance. Um, and um, uh, yeah, as you say, as I said, there's, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, of um, a lot of mileage in that for all sorts of reasons, and you know you can consider that for yourselves. Um, but for my money, I'm I'm increasingly moving away. I have you know, well, I say increasingly philosophically, I've been moving away for that for, for decades. But um, it seems to me uh, more and more that um, I am engaging with instances of um, uh, of, of my own identity uh, and instances of other people's identity. Uh, and the person you know, that I'm engaging with today, if I go and see them again tomorrow, there will be legacy uh, and there will be great similarity. The masks may be pretty much unchanged, but it won't be exactly the same mask. It won't be exactly the same prosopon um, I will be engaging with because that person may have heard a particular piece of music or read a particular piece of news um, or seen something on social media. Uh, or eaten something, or had a particular kind of night's sleep, or all that kind of stuff, which changes their prosopon. Uh, I think that's kind of, I think that's a good thing. For me, I think that's a good thing. Um, uh, I'm not the best person in the world to, uh, to, to, to really be endorsing that, um, because, you know, as, 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 you know, as they say in Wayne's world, you know, we fear change. Um, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm the world's worst for sort of saying, oh, well, you know, leopard can't change its spots. That's how I am, and I can't change. And those who know me well uh, will be nodding at this moment going, yeah, that sounds very much like Mike. Um, but in principle, and certainly philosophically, I'm, I'm, I'm warm to the idea of a constantly uh, fluctuating identity. Nothing that you can be essentially held to, um, nothing that can become a tyranny that this is who you are, this is all you will ever be, or this is who you are and you can't be anything else. Um, and you know, we have this idea, I think in our own culture, um, of the mask being a bad thing. Um, the mask um, is, is, is something that somehow hides the truth um, and I think that's probably because we have um, deeply enrooted, uh, deeply kind of ingrained uh, platonic philosophies running through Western culture, partly through uh, through through through, through uh, the Christian tradition, which has had a, a, a significant impact on on Western culture, um, but for other reasons as well. Um, so the idea of an essence of who and what we are um, is very much is is very much in play in all sorts of ways. So we get this view. That wearing a mask somehow is hiding. It's duplicitous. It's somehow kind of you're pretending to be somebody else. 
um, which is why you know, people wear masks if they're going to rob a bank. You know, people wear masks if they're trying to go hide uh, criminal activity. Um, but those of you who are interested in um, in kind of comics, for example, um, the idea of the mask has been has been explored in a number of different ways over the uh, over the decades. Um, and the idea of characters like kind of Batman, for instance. Uh, who wears a mask and it's kind of well you know is 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 that character is he Bruce Wayne or is he Batman um, the mask is very much who he is and sometimes you'll be reading a Batman story where you're getting a very strong sense of the fact that actually that's who he wants to be that he is Batman and that occasionally um, he pretends to be Bruce Wayne but in actual fact it's the mask that is the reality um, and again I kind of warm to that I like the idea of the flexibility the masks we wear and I don't think we should fear them um, yes we sometimes need to question I think why we wear the masks we wear maybe those masks are there um, to present a false representation to the world in which case we may want to question that um, we may well put on masks um, as, as a protective device um, but I think for the most part we just automatically put on masks um, as we perform um, our instances in the world. Uh, and I think that's, that, that's, that's a great thing. I think it's a really liberating thing, um, which means uh, it, it speaks to the heart of, of, of humanity being just endlessly creative, um, just being able to kind of recreate ourselves almost as soon as we wake up um, by what we wear and what we say and how we think. Um, and, and how we express ourselves, all of those things. These are wonderful things, um, which mean that, that, that we, are, you know, we are never locked into being one thing. Um, we are a multiplicity of things, and I think that's a very wonderful thing. So anyway, um, I don't think you necessarily have to go to a seaside town uh, in the south of England to, to, to consider those ideas, um, but that certainly helped me. I think you know, just looking out of the window and seeing the sea Kind of helps me. Don't get me. Let me get onto the sea because there's lot. There's, there's way too much imagery there. Um, it's now um, in the UK. It's now about quarter past twelve on a Saturday. So I think I'm going to stop now, um, uh, and um, I'm going to go and find myself some beer. Um, so it's been delightful talking to you, and um, I'm sure we will uh, we'll uh, we'll talk again soon. Have a lovely time. Take care now. Bye bye. Finally, knocking off time. Man, this philosophy gig is dirty work. Someone has to do it. Mike? Are you back yet? How did you get on? Mike? Mike? Now, where the hell could he be? Ah, oh, probably working late. Yeah, that's it. Working late. He's so selfless. Oh, it's getting hot in here.